Welcome back to another episode of N10 with me and Joe. Uh, lots of news. We got the trade deadline right around the corner. It's Monday, March 21st. We are recording on Saturday morning right now. And I don't know if it's going to be a really good deadline because most of the trades already happened. And we'll get into the first one that kind of kicked things off um, on the Monday, which was the Colorado Avalanche doing some work after their captain, Gabriel Landeskog, is out indefinitely with knee surgery, which is not a good sign for that club. Uh, but they brought in Josh Manson uh, for his second round pick and Drew Hellison that went to the Ducks. That was the first trade that really kicked things off for like other trades going on into the week. What do you think about that, Joe? Do you think it's a good move for the Avs or good for the Ducks? I think it's it's solid for both. I mean, Josh Manson's UFA, and uh, they got they only had to give up a second round pick and a prospect. Um, the at first, this like trade kind of set the market for a UFA defenseman, but as we saw the next couple of days, it actually did not whatsoever. So, I, based on what Manson could bring to Colorado, which is like more of a physical presence, probably a fifth defenseman, he's like kind of perfect for that team because. Last year in the playoffs, they kind of got exposed by Vegas. Like Sam Gerrard specifically, that pairing got embarrassed because he was like pushed around too much and Vegas just capitalized every time they were on the ice. So they they needed depth defensemen, especially with how injury riddled in the playoffs they've been the last couple of years, Colorado. Now with Landis Gog, like you said, they need some reinforcements. Yep, and they also made another move during the week, which was trading Tyson Yost to the Minnesota Wild for Nico Sturm, a depth forward. Uh, I think they this trade really just they gave up on Tyson Yost. Uh, he wasn't really going to be a top six player like they thought he was because they have many other good players that are in the top six. So Nico Sturm uh, slides in there into a role player. I don't know what you think about the trade, but I think it's just like, you know, they couldn't fit him where they liked him. And, you know, they had to get rid of him for more of a role player that will do more of a role job for that team. Yeah, I agree. Like, it didn't work with Yost. He was there for, like, years and just never got going. And they need to win now. So, they, like you said, they gave up on him because they need someone with a defined role as a third, fourth line center. I think he's a center or winner. Yep. No center, yeah. Yeah, so they needed more, like, either stability down the middle or just someone who knows exactly what they're doing and how to, like, play in the playoffs specifically. Mm-hmm. So it, it is weird because, like, Yost is younger, more skilled guy, but Colorado needs to win this year and or next year, I think. So they needed to do that trade, I think. Yep, agree. And they also signed their goaltender, not their starting goaltender, their backup goaltender, Pavel Francouz, to a two-year, $2 million deal. Uh, so he was off the market. They weren't even trading him. Like, let's be honest, they probably weren't trading him, but they locked him up for another two years. Solid backup goalie for their team. They're a weird one going to the trade deadline because they made their trades this week. And, you know, that's not to say that they won't do it next week on Monday. But, you know, with the cap finagling that they got to do because Landis Gog's out, I'm sure one of another guy's going to probably go out at some point this weekend and they'll finagle some way. But the, the thing is, there's another team in play here with Claude Giroux and it's the Florida Panthers. So we could go right into them and they've done some mighty fine work this weekend or this week, sorry. And they picked up uh, a fourth round pick in exchange for Frank Vetrano's basically contract to the New York Rangers. So they said some shed some salary there. And then the big boy, the big fish on the, <laughs> the trade deadline, Ben Sherratt, your boy is headed to Florida. What is the return that you're getting Joe? So I was absolutely ecstatic with this return. It's a 2023 first round pick. 
So obviously Florida doesn't have this first round, this year's first round pick because that was part of the Sam Reinhart trade last uh, off season. But again, this draft and next draft are like really deep. So I'm so happy they got a first for Sherratt. Plus they got a fourth for this upcoming draft and a, a B-level prospect, I would say, in Ty Selmanac. So the, the reason why like they're going after a lot of these college um, prospects, even like, well, not the Emil Heimann from Calgary, but like they've been focusing a lot on college prospects and their like returns because of the connection that Ken Hughes has and St. Louis because both their sons play in college. So they kind of know like the, the ecosystem and the players that are in there. So I'm so happy with this return. And then also Florida got Ben Sherrod 50% retained. So he's only going there for like 1.7 million or something. So they still saved a, a few million dollars, I think, because like you said, they basically traded the Frank Petrano contract. That's a nice get for, for the Rangers who needed some depth wingers, I think, um, going into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, like Montreal definitely won this trade. I mean, if Florida wins the cup, then it doesn't matter, but I don't know if Florida will win the cup. They have not won around mm-hmm. since 1996. Yep. And they're going to be playing most likely Toronto or like, or Tampa or Boston, like whoever wins, mm-hmm. whoever comes second or third, whoever comes third in the Atlantic, I think they're going to play. Cause I think they're going to win the Atlantic, but again, there's still over 20 games left. So they're going to be playing a tough team in the first round regardless. So who knows what's going to happen there. We're going to get into some, into some news with them again soon regarding another defenseman that, that could be potentially an absolutely massive blow, but we'll get into that when we get to it. Yeah. And speaking of that defenseman, they could shed salary to get Claude Drew because apparently they're the only team that's still in the running, like number one, that's in for Claude Drew, mm-hmm. which I think would be an awesome ad for that team. I just don't know if you agree with it. Like, is that too much star talent up front on the forward group for them to, you know, obviously it helps like having a lot of star players, having a lot of good players in a cup and playoff run. But I I, I don't know. Like it, it just seems to me like there's too much talent going around on that team and not enough role players for me. I don't know how you feel about that, but like, be honest, like, the thing is, like, okay, so they have Bennett, right? Bennett's having a great offensive season, but, like, in the past with Calgary, he he could be put into a role where it's, like, a third-line grinder, checker type of player because he's been that with Calgary. Mm-hmm. Then they, they still have Patrick Hornquist. They have Noel Achari. They have Mason Marchment. So, like, they have guys that can, like, play physical or like play a certain role in the playoffs but like I get what you're saying that it's might be too much star power because they've put together a lot of this team in the last few years Mm -hmm. so I don't know if like if it might be chemistry obviously just added Sherrod so that's a playoff type style defenseman um I don't know like if if they believe that they can go far then by all means they could do it because we're going to talk about their Florida State rival who just did it again um, but I don't know. We'll see what happens with Florida. Again, it's more so like they haven't won around in 25 years. So like, yeah. that's always going to be even last year. I know they played Tampa in the first round, but they were really good last year. They're better this year, I would say, mm-hmm. but it's going to be tough to whoever they're going to play. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Like you said, like a, a risk of a trade like that is not good for them because if they don't win, they're just repeating history year after year after year. And that's what they've done. Right. Like it's in the Leafs boat too. 
if you go out and get Claude Drew for a first, second, a prospect and you lose, like you, you can't really, you lost the trade. Like it's embarrassing and he's not re-signing. So what with the player, the defenseman will mention later with the Florida Panthers getting injured and his cap at going out there, maybe they have to finagle another trade offer for Claude Drew if they were to do so. Because I, apparently the rumor was an A prospect, a first round pick in future years, and then a roster player. I don't know what roster player that would be, but you know we'll see what happens if he actually gets traded. It, because we don't even know he's sitting out there. And I, I don't know if Flyers got a really good offer yet, so we'll uh, we'll let you know on after the deadline because I'm assuming we'll get an answer by then. Um, yeah. We'll go to the Florida State rivalry. We'll go to the Florida other Florida team, Tampa Bay Lightning. They strike again with another big deal that was pretty big, not going to lie. So they get Brandon Hagel from the Chicago Blackhawks, two fourth-round picks in exchange for two first-round picks, one in 2023 and one in 2022, Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish. So when I saw this trade, I I do like it for Tampa. I really do. Like I don't think the prospects Chicago got back are really good. Sure, maybe you put them in another role on their team in a top six role because, you know, you traded away Hagel. You put one of Kachuk or Radish in the top six, and maybe he works. But I just don't see it. They're both 24 years old. They're both former high picks in the second round and, I believe, first round as well. And I don't know. I just don't see good. But the other two picks, the first round picks, are really good um, because, you know, this guy came out of basically nowhere, right? Like, I think we could all agree with that. A former sixth round pick of the Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo again making mistakes with players drafted late rounds um so he basically comes out of nowhere and you get top value for a player like that which is unbelievable asset management for Davidson in his first trade uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks I like it for Tampa to be honest but what are your thoughts on the trade like it's just it's I like it's good because like it's worked for Tampa so why not just keep doing it and, like, the main reason why they got an extra first is because, like you said, he's locked in for another two years after this at $1.5 million. The only thing I'll say is that they're just – eventually, it's going to stop. Yeah. Like, it's not even the fact that they won't be good. Like, it's more so the amount of games that they're going to play, playoff games, all that. Like, eventually, it's going to stop. I don't know if it's this year, next year, in two years. But, I mean, if, if management – like, if you're a player on Tampa – and you're and you see Breeze Bois just continuing to add, pay the price, make to to win now, to win now, to win now. Like as a player, you have to like really appreciate that. Like, mm. I don't think you can ask anything more from your management than by acquiring pieces like this, like a Hagel, who's again like a Barkley Goudreau, Blake Coleman. He's younger than those guys. He's locked in, um, like those guys were when they initially acquired them a few years ago. Yeah. It, it, I mean, they could just keep doing it and seeing what happens. Um, it just, I mean, like you said, it's amazing asset management for Chicago. Two first round picks for a guy that came out of nowhere, like you said. And I believe, like, he was in the ECHL, I think, like a few years ago. And now he has 21 goals this year. Um, I don't, he's obviously not going to play in the top six for Tampa. I don't oh, know. He is because they have Anthony Sorelli playing in the top six right now. They do oh, not want off, that. Happening. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's he's embarrassing that guy. He had so much potential and he just does nothing. <laughs> yeah, so I would put Hagel, I guess, in the top six. Um, but yeah, it's a great trade for both. But I think Chicago more so because like 
came out of nowhere, two first round picks. Like the prospects are nothing. It's more so the picks that are impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I've always said this, you get first round picks, you got to hit on them. Like you can't miss. You can't miss with the trade like this because you know half the hockey world is saying you won the trade. Well, until you get those picks and you pick the right players, you're gonna win that trade. We'll see what happens with Hagel. Like you said, Joe, like when is the fatigue going to set in for the Tampa Lightning? They went on two big runs. They've had a long uh, stretch of off days before the bubble when they won that in the bubble. Mm-hmm. And then they had the long run when it was basically no fans in the stands for the regular season. Then they go to the playoffs and we all know the story there. It's, it's worrisome because we've seen the Pittsburgh Penguins do it. We've seen the Washington Capitals do it. They haven't really got, they haven't got past the first round in since they've won their cups. So yep. except for Pittsburgh, oh, no. obviously losing in the second round to Washington, but mm-hmm. you understand the point, the fatigue sets in eventually. It's just when and where is the fatigue going to send in for Tampa because they seem to be doing it again in the regular season. So I don't know where this comes into play. So we'll keep tabs on that for sure. And, that, and that's something we do have to keep tabs on because, you know, teams really go on a hot stretch going to the playoffs. And then once they get in it, they lose it. They just, yeah, it's just good teams. Some good teams just lose it in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, what other trade do we have? The Calgary Flames, they make another deal. They acquire the boy, boy, Cali, Cali Earncrook from Seattle Kraken in exchange for a 2022 second, 2022 third, and a 2024 seventh. And Yarncrook goes to Calgary, 50% retained. Really like this move for the Calgary Flames. Pure rental trade. He's honestly on their second line. Like I know the Coleman uh, backland and I believe it's Lewis, Trevor Lewis on the second line right now, but that's really a third line, fourth line. So I really like the deal for uh, yarn crook and the flames. Yeah. I like it for both because first of all, like yarn crook's a good get for Calgary because they needed another guy that could potentially play center or up the, or up in the wing because they have Brett Ritchie and Trevor Lewis kind of still hanging on to the roster. Like, so you needed an upgrade there, which yarn crook is definitely an upgrade. Plus 50% retained. Then Seattle, they, you know, they got a second and third, which is not bad. Seventh, whatever. Um, they need Seattle needs to start really selling quickly. They still have Mark Giordano, who they've sat out. <laughs> they sat out in his 1000th game like ceremony thing, which is just peak Seattle this year. <laughs> um, but they they could they could move a few more guys, I think. Um, so this is kind of like the start of their of their yard sale, I would say. But they did decent here. I mean, Yarkrook's not like amazing by any means. Like he's a solid player. I mean, getting a second in this year and a third next year is not too too bad. Um, but yeah, I like the trade more for Calgary because they're going all in. I think they may even have another move up their sleeve. Who knows? I mean, nuts, man. Because they, you, you think it's over, but it's not really over. And. With teams, like you said, that go all in, it's never over for the teams until three o'clock on the deadline day. So, yeah. I mean, if this trade probably happens in the offseason, it's probably just a third, right? Like for guys like this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like a second, third is not bad if you're going to go all in and you know what you're getting uh, in Cali Earn Crook. So, we'll see. This is a guy I wanted on the Leafs, but obviously the Flames got him. Not too mad about it. Can't really, you know, I'm not going to not go to sleep after this trade, but. We'll see. Uh, lots more trades to go through. I mean, there's Giordano, like, that's still on the on the market, like you just said, with the Kraken. Uh, Hampus Lindholm in Anaheim. Ricard Raquel in Anaheim. There's a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams that are selling. There's a lot of teams that are buying. And there's a few teams sniffing around that are in the middle that have no clue what they're going to do. And that's the Winnipeg Jets for me. I want to touch on them for a bit. They're in no man's land for me right now. Um, 
I don't see this team going to a Stanley Cup final anytime soon. You know, they could go on a miraculous run and I may eat my words, but I don't see it. Uh, if they do go on a run, they're going to have to buy, but I don't think that's a smart thing to do. The smart thing to do this year is to sell for the Winnipeg Jets because they, we, we know they have a good team. It's just putting the wins together, putting the goals together, and they're really reliant on a few guys on that team. And then the bottom six on defense and goalie-wise, it's just shaky right now, right? Yeah, like they lost again versus Boston yesterday. I mean, Boston's a great team, but they just – they're still like sixth in the central. There's no way I think they're making the playoffs. They have to go literally like – they have to win like 15 or 16 of their next like 20 or something games, and that's just not going to happen. Um, so like you said, I think they should sell too, like a Paul Stastny, mm-hmm. Andrew Cop. Cop could get them a pretty good return. Yeah. You, you got to think like Cole Perfetti is going to be playing next year, right? Yeah. Full he's played time. a few games like this year, but yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying like full, full time. time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like at some point, like he's really good. So you got to like put him into the lineup next year, I would think. Um, like again, Stastny, you could probably get like a mid pick for him. He's a good, pretty good playoff performer. Maybe someone like Calgary goes after him again. Who knows? But I don't know. Like, I think they should I think they should trade defensively and goaltending-wise have not been great this year. Um, and, like, if, if Hellebuck is not standing on his head, then they're yeah. just not winning games. It's simple as that. Yeah. Their defensive structure is awful. It always has been the last couple of years. Even now that Paul Maurice has left, you can't really blame him that much for it. Um, but, yeah, I mean – they still have a lot of their core guys locked in. They do have to sign Dubois, I believe, after this year. <laughs> and he's having a great year himself. So they have to think about that. I don't know. Winnipeg's got some questions to answer because ever since that run in 2018, it's been disappointing to say the least. Yeah. yeah. No, I think <laughs> you're maybe even sugarcoating that because they were so good, man. They had line A almost scoring 40 goals a year. And then they trade him for pure look Dubois. Who's off? was having a good year as well, but you know what I mean? It was just so high for the Jets, and a lot of Canadians were in on this team. Like, okay, this is the next good Canadian team we're going to see make a couple runs, and obviously, no, that's not the case. So a, a similar, very similar team is the Vancouver Canucks for me. Like, so many young guys, and they just are doing all the scoring, but then the other side of the roster is not doing much, and then they also rely on Demko for wins. It's very similar with both teams. They're both Canadian as well. It's just Vancouver's frustrating because they started the year shit. They had Bruce Bergeau come in. They were good. And now they're just like middle. Like, ah. they lost one nothing to Detroit. Like <laughs> Detroit's been giving up 10 goals a game. I know. And I, I like Vancouver. I like some of the players they have. It's just, I don't know if it's going to work with those guys. And Man, JT Miller getting a haul at the deadline would be something special because I don't think it's going to happen. It won't happen, but that would be something to look forward to. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either because, like, he's literally the best player on the team. Like, he's <laughs> way better than Pedersen. He's better than Hughes. He's better than Besser, Horvat. Yep. Like, I don't know. Like, I know he's, like, he's not – he's older than all of those guys, so he doesn't, like, fit, like, their total age of the core there. But he still has he still has one more year left on his deal at a really good cap hit. So if they do trade him at the deadline, which is very unlikely, I think, right now, they're gonna get like multiple firsts, I would think. If Hegel got two firsts, they're gonna get two firsts and more for Miller, plus because since he has an extra year on his deal. Yeah. 
But like you said, like Vancouver is so disappointing. They had that thing with Hughes and Pedersen. They were almost going to sit out of training camp. They both get over $7 million. Hughes gets six years. Pedersen, three. Both. Well, Hughes has been all right, I guess. I haven't really paid that much attention to him. He's more just a power play assist merchant, to be fully honest <laughs> with you. He doesn't wow me. He, he's a great offensively, but like he's not like wow type of yeah, player. Yeah. At least since he since his rookie year, in my opinion, Pedersen's just fallen off. He's he's not even close to the same guy he was two yeah. years ago. The guy barely has forty points. He's day to day sometimes. You know, I don't like Pedersen that much, really. I don't think he's built to be like a superstar, in my opinion. He's always getting like ragdolled. He's in his like fourth or fifth year. Like, I don't know. I really don't know if Vancouver, and I don't think they know either because they only know in three years. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And then Horvat, and they might trade Besser. Horvat has one year left. Like they're they're like in trouble. I they have Demko locked in and Hughes. That's really it. <laughs> so it's gonna be tough for uh for them to figure out what they're gonna do there. Yep, and Jim Rutherford's always a guy who buys, and unfortunately, he won't be doing that this trade deadline day. We've seen the moves. With the Penguins, like three trades one day, one before the deadline always. Not the case this year for the Vancouver Canucks. So uh, I don't know if you want to go into the Matthews news before we go into um, the Habs and Leafs, what they want. But uh, I don't know. Do you want to go into that quickly? Sure. Okay, well, so, yeah, you go. It, the suspension's over now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for the Heritage Classic outdoor game, as we all watch together, near the end of the game, Buffalo was up like 4-1 or whatever, 5-1. It was The game was out of hand. Dalene and Matthews were kind of roughing it up in the crease, in Buffalo's crease. Gave a couple healthy cross-checks, and then Matthews fell, got up and just fucking cross-checked him in the neck. And he got suspended two games for it. They both got penalties on the play. Um, so the question that we have here in the dock, even though the suspension is ending tonight, now Leafs won both games. So obviously it didn't really impact them whatsoever. Um, but it was either the Department of Player Safety got it right or wrong. I think they I think it should have been one game. Two is rich because he has no history and the, he barely takes penalties throughout the year. Um, like he I think pretty sure he was like top three in Lady Bing voting last year. Yeah. So this is definitely not part of his character, how he plays. So two games is rich. Should have been one game, to be honest. Like, it was egregious. Like, it was bad. Like, it was two-minute cross-check to the neck. Um, So I think it should have been one game. But two games, was it's not that big of a deal, to be honest. But I think it should have been one game. Yeah. Uh, I put put it right. Uh, Did Department of Player Safety get it right? I think, for once, they got it right. Like, (laughs) congratulations on them. Like, they actually got it right because that was very vicious. The only thing they didn't get right was the other ones they missed throughout the last two years of cross checks to the head, fines, $5,000, no games. That's where they got it wrong. The precedent they set, that cross check that Matthews did was a $5,000 fine. But nope, that was the first time they suspended someone. Pavlovich Navich did it last year to Mantha, which was a lot more, much worse. And he got one game. So, I don't know what it was this time around. It was very vicious. I know that. You know, Tom on Burning Leaf says it was in the Heritage Classic. It's Austin Matthews. It gets views. It gets attraction. 
And that was the first time, and I will agree with Tom, that we saw a tweet, not even when the game ended, Austin Matthews will have a hearing. And we've never really seen that before. We've always seen it two hours after the game, even the next day. No, during the game, the tweet was sent out by, I think, Chris Johnson. It was. That's weird to see, in my opinion. Like, that was very quick. Um, but I can't be mad. They won both games, right? Like, you can't really be mad. The only thing you can be mad about is, okay, he's going to lose traction on the Rock of Richard, which we'll get to as well. And um, he'll be missing games and probably missing it on the Lady Bing. But that's not a really big award that I'm really going for right now. It's just the precedent they said it's not really that's not really two games, but it, it should be. You know what I mean? Like it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But Matthews missed two games. They won two games. Can't be complaining. He'll be back tonight versus Nashville in Nashville. That's all I have to say. All right. We'll get to the the Leafs and Habs, what they're gonna do. So your team already made that big move in trading Sherrod uh for the first round pick, the prospect and the other pick. Um, but what other things do you think they're going to be doing at the trade deadline? I heard Lekkonen's in play, a lot more other guys in play. But do you think they do you think they do a trade where they have a prospect or have a roster player and then get a better one? I think so. So this is where I have a thing. So the salary return for Ben Shira, I only put this Wednesday morning <laughs> and he got traded Wednesday night. So that was great. Um, solid. It, it, the solid return ended up being a great return. But I also have here acquire a younger right shot defenseman, either a guy, either a prospect or a guy in his early to mid 20s. And what I mean specifically here is that the Pittsburgh Penguins are looking for a scoring winger with term. Montreal has a scoring winger with term in Mike Hoffman. John Marino of Pittsburgh has, has, is locked in for a, a while. He struggled this year. And he, he's been, I don't know if he's been healthy scratch, but he has been playing as much as he has in previous seasons. So I, I don't know, if, I don't think this would happen, but it would be like Mike Hoffman and maybe a, a, one of their picks, one of their many picks that they have in this upcoming draft, obviously not like the first or anything, like Hoffman in a pick to Pittsburgh for Marino. Hmm. Like that would be like ideal because it might be like Matt to include more. Who knows? I don't know how much Marino's worth really, but Montreal just looking at their prospects, they don't. They only have like one real like right shot defenseman, and that's Logan Mayu in their prospect pool. They have David Savard, who's awful, locked in still for a few more years, and then Jeff Petrie might get traded in the off season. So they they're really like lacking on the right side. Like on the left side, they have Romanov. They still have Joel Edmondson. They have Brett Kulak right now. They obviously traded Sherrod. They have uh, Caden Gooley, who's going to be coming soon. Matthias Norlander. They have a guy, Jordan uh, Harris, who's in college right now that they stopped the sign. So their left side is pretty good. It's more their right side I'm concerned about. And maybe that could be a match for both teams because like Pittsburgh's been saying they want a scoring ringer with term. They don't want a rental. So that would be because Hoffman's got two more years left on his deal. Um, I don't know if that would be a fit there, but that would be kind of my dream scenario. I don't know if Lekkonen is going to get traded, like you said. He's an RFA. I think they'll only trade him if they get like a huge return, like Sherratt, like more than that that they could think that more they than they think get. they could get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. More than they think they could get if someone's desperate. Who knows? <laughs> but that would be like my only want. But it's kind of unrealistic. Yeah, I mean. You know, we get unrealistic more around this time. Um, 
but yeah, I think that's like a like a solid move, like acquiring guy. Like I think that's underrated at the deadline. It goes under the radar, especially when teams actually make a hockey trade instead of a rental trade or trading all these picks and then hoping for the best. I think those are the ones that are the best trades in the end. You know, so we saw Verona and Mantha and all those first round picks last year. It's worked out for Detroit so far, right? Mantha's been good. Verona's been good. It's just a hockey, solid hockey trade. Um, but is that, all, is that all for the Habs you have for the trade deadline that you want to see? Yeah, well, they might trade Kulak. Like, there's a couple of guys. I don't know, like, what the return will be. Like, I don't know if Petrie's going to get traded now um, just because that might be a summer trade. Um that's really it. Like, they don't have that many free agents. They more have guys with, like, term that they might want to trade. Like, maybe Jake Allen. He's got an extra year left. So, like, I, I really don't know. Like you said, like, Lekanim seems like the big piece right now. But, like, my ideal one would be the one I said. Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll go to the Leafs because uh, they have some stuff to do because they need to bolster that lineup. Um you know, Eric Schalgren, shout out to Eric Schalgren, man. I don't know if he changed their their thinking of getting a goalie. It shouldn't. Uh, I don't know what it should do. Like, I don't know what to think. But the one thing I think they need is stability on the back end. We've been saying it for years. Dubas has made trades to get defensemen. They just haven't worked out. They fall off a cliff for some reason because maybe not the, they're not the right guy that he should have acquired. But there are a few defensemen out there that I would want. The main one is being Mark Giordano. I just really want him. Uh you know, he's older. He has the legs. He does have the legs. He works out a fucking ton. We know that for sure. Firsthand. Um, he has an okay contract. They're probably going to need 50%. So it doesn't really matter the money wise. It's just the price of a guy like Mark Giordano. Um, Cause we saw Ben Schrock go for a first round pick and you can say Mark Giordano is better than Ben Schrock. Right. So is that more assets you're giving up for Mark Giordano? Probably. And they're going to probably, they're going to probably go for a middle six forward because injuries that always happens uh so another ask for me would be a middle six winger that can play anywhere without inconsistency a guy like Callie Arncourt could have been good obviously he's headed to Calgary the other guy I said on Burning Leaf was Colin Blackwell uh he's played in the top six of the Rangers the Predators and he's like he's been good there and for the Kraken he's had a good second half of the year uh I don't know if that's a guy you can uh, supposedly rely on but it's better than having no one that you can call up and they won't probably make an impact so a de- defenseman would be really nice uh you don't have to swing for the fences even though mark giordano is swinging for the fences for the trade deadline this year because there's not many other good ones out there there's hanford Lindholm, but the, apparently the ask is embarrassingly high so i'm, I'm staying away from that mm-hmm. um but yeah i think that's pretty much it like a defenseman middle six forward and if they wanted to go get a goalie, go get one. Um, you know, if it works out, sure. But I think I think they think, and I think we know Campbell is probably the starter in game one if he's healthy. So I wouldn't go into the playoffs with Eric Schalgren versus the Florida Panthers, but he seems to be doing an okay job right now. I will say, though, he has not gone a lot of high danger chances uh, to save. He's gone, you know, saves you should make. So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, those are the two things I would probably want. Uh, the assets don't matter on this team because they're, I guess, in a quote unquote win now, even though they haven't done the winning part yet. So it's, it's a different situation for the Leafs because if they pay a first round pick for Giordano and it doesn't work, it's a failure. It's an embarrassment. They should never do that again. But then we go, we're going to go to next year and say the same thing. Oh, they should give a first for this guy. Right. Like, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see what they do. Um, 
but that's pretty much it on the Leafs part for me. Yeah, like it's be, the only reason why fans and management are so reluctant is because of Felino last year, mm-hmm. how bad that ended up being. The thing with like Giordano is like he's from the GTA. He could still play. So if they were to realistically give up a first for him, I would think that they could be open to giving him like a one-year extension to stay for next year. I don't know if they would be interested in doing that. I mean, like you said, he's like 38 or whatever years old. So I don't know that they would do that. But like you say, like Colin Blackwell, like say if they do that trade, like it'd be Colin Blackwell and Jared Dano, like from Seattle to Toronto. You're definitely giving up a first. Yeah, 100%. So, and then like maybe like a fourth or something. The thing is like Florida is like in the same situation. Both teams have not won first rounds in 15 plus years. Florida seems to not care about giving away assets currently as they're still in the hunt for Giroux, even though they have no first round picks the next two years. Um, So it's like, it's a completely different like mindset. Like the Leafs don't want to give up like Matthew Nyes or Toppy Nimala, Robertson. Obviously Amarov, his value is not the same because of that brain tumor. Mm -hmm. So like, it's like they they don't want to give up, but then like you see like other teams like t- yeah. Tampa's an extreme example because they won back to back. But like they're just like yeah, here here's first first first. We want this type of player. We want him. We think we could win with him. Like it's just like two different type of hmm. like m- mentalities of thinking. Because like Dubas said, like he hitched his whole career to those four players on forward. So if he's not gonna give them the best chance they could win. I mean, they still still has time to make some moves, obviously. But then, like, say he does, like, he acquires, like, a Ben Hutton type of defenseman at the deadline. And that's it. Like, yes. do you feel confident going into the playoff? No, no, that shouldn't be a move they should be making. So that's what I mean. So, like, it's Ooh. either it's either you overpay to, like, at least give your group the best chance or you do, like, minimal – which I don't think he's going to do. And then they, they go on the first round again. So it's like, it's tough. It's tough. But I think you should just give up assets. If you have a guy like Matthews on your roster, at some point you have to think he's going to figure it out. Could be this year. He's playing the best hockey of his career. Who knows? Same with Marner, to be honest. So mm-hmm. we got to see, we got to, we got to see where it's going to happen there. Yeah. You said, you said it right. Like a team like Tampa can do that because they won. And a team like us can't do that because we haven't won. Uh, even the Florida Panthers, like they should get a lot more like limelight on their team. Because yeah, they do. They, just in the market, no one cares about Florida. Today. Yeah, like they've traded a lot of assets for a lot of guys, and like you said, fifteen plus years they haven't won a playoff round. Um, so it's, we're in the same situation as well. But like you said, Joe, you're never going to win with a casual Leafs fan or like a hardcore Leafs fan when you trade guys, because like you said, if they just acquire Ben Hunt and that's the only move they're going to get roasted but if they get giordano oh it's good and then after the playoffs when they're up round, out round one oh that was shit what the hell is he doing what's dubas doing but you'd be really saying the same thing if they got a defenseman like ben hunt and that was the only thing they did so i see the two extremes there um we'll go into quick news i think that's pretty much it on the trade deadline sign for both of our clubs uh jacob chikrin he i'm pretty sure he's out of the market he'll be out for two to four weeks with a lower body injury uh, it's not as a, not as bad as the 
uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, thought, but I think that moves them out of the deadline acquisitions or accusations that were out there. Uh, so Ekblad as well, that was the guy we're talking about. Last night, he got a leg injury. It was, I believe, the left leg now, which was the right leg last year they got injured. And he was out basically the whole year. Um, and now it's the left leg. And that's not a good sign. So is that LTR cap space they want to use on Claude Giroux? Go ahead. You have it now. But I think that's a guy you want in the lineup. Like that's sort of the Kucherov thing last year where it was like, oh, okay, now they can put him in LTR. But you want a guy like Kucherov in your lineup and you want a guy like Ekblad in your lineup. Yeah, I mean, what a what a blow again for Ekblad. Like, what the hell? It was like roughly around the same time, like about a month before the playoffs, even last year's this exact same thing. Just absolutely brutal. Like, these are number one D having another great season. Like you said, they could use his LTIR cap. Apparently, it's not as bad as last year because last year it was like completely broken. I think his ankle. This year, there's no structural damage. So it's only, I think it might be a few weeks. So they might pull a Kucherov, put him on LTIR till the playoff start, get Drew, and then go from there. Um, but that's just another big blow. And they got to hope that he's like, however long he's out, that he's healthy before the playoffs. Because, I mean, there's still, what, there's still five, six weeks left. So he's got time to recover before the playoffs. It's just more so like he's a thousand percent ready to go because Florida is a definition of all in right now. And they can't have the, their number one D be hampered in any way. Uh, another injury, Jack Heichel. Dude, this Vegas Golden Knights team, they cannot get lucky with any sort of injury this year. I don't know how severe it is, but Peter DeBoer, Peter DeBoer seemed very, very uh, concerned about the injury. So I don't know what that says about the Vegas Golden Knights team. Do they acquire at the deadline? They don't have any assets too. So I don't know. Um, their goaltender, Robin Leonard's out also potentially, potentially long-term on Twitter. He seems that uh, it's not long-term, but Robin, I think the doctors know. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't really trust the Twitter tweet that you put out. Like you could feel fine, but when you go in the net and lend six goals, five goals a night, you don't, you're not fine. So they've had bad luck with injuries. I will say that. Um, they, I don't know, like, it could be just a whitewash of the year. Uh, it honestly might be, like, I have both these guys in fantasy, and I'm facing you, so I'm not very happy. But, yeah, like, I think it's, like, the hockey gods saw Vegas and all the shenanigans they've pulled, and, like, you know what? That's enough. And now they, this year has just been an absolute disaster. Even with getting Eichel, it's been a disaster. You know, Pacioretty's barely played stones like the almost done for the year like he had a bad back injury or whatever it is they didn't really even say then you have martinez is out basically the whole year lender's been inconsistent hurt here and there and then out in and out now he's out for a bit eichel who was out the whole time they got the surgery now it's got i think it's a hand or an arm injury i think he blocked a shot so that's mm. what the injury is so i don't know if he broke it fractured his wrist or whatever but like you said Pete DeBoer was not he was concerned and they got you know just uh, their whole first line has been basically barely played all year mm-hmm. and when you have so much of your cap dedicated to those players you got no one to fill in those spots so they're in trouble they might just miss the playoffs 
And that might just be best for them. Get healthy for next year. They still have their whole team, except for like Riley Smith, locked in for next year. So if I'm Vegas, realistically, I'm not going to lose my mind based on all of the shit that's happened to them this year. Mm -hmm. I hope they don't do anything rash. Like trade for a goalie, like you said right now. That'd be very stupid. I think they just have to say, you know what? It just, we got screwed this year. We still have all of our guys locked in. Um, and then just take it from there. So that's what I would do personally with them. Yeah. And if they get in, that's a win, right? Like you didn't think you were going to get there. So, I mean, if you get there, you get there, right? Yeah. Uh, other injuries, Dallas Stars, Kudobin out six months after hip surgery, not a good sign for them. And then Robbie Fabri out for the year with a torn ACL. So I believe that's a fourth leg injury for him in the last couple of years. So a bad luck for the Red Wings again with an injury long-term because they had Verano out to start the year for four months. Now this one, <laughs> six months or uh, out the year. Sorry, I think it. I think it also is six months. I believe. Yeah, I think so. So not good sign. Um, yeah, injuries have been bad this year for multiple players around the league. Um, and then we'll go into some signings. Stars signed Joe Pavelski, one year, five point five million dollar deal, that puts him probably out of the market for a trade at the deadline, which he also would have got a haul for. Um, but yeah, solid signing, man. He's good. He's really good for his age, man. Fantasy, I have him all year. Unreal player. I think he's about a point per game this year. He kind of slowed down a little bit, predictably. Like, he at one point, he had, like, 55 points in, like, 45 games. I'm like, what the hell? But now I think he's, like, roughly a point a game, which is great. Guy's, you know, 37 years old. Another, And he took a discount because he was making $7 million on his current deal. And now he went down to 5.5, especially if, if Dallas wants to trade him at next trade deadline. Mm-hmm. The cap hit's not as bad. It'd be, they'll, they'll, if he's still really good next year, they'll get a haul for him then. So That's great true. signing there with Pavelski. Yep, next one. Thomas Hurdle, 8.8, 8 by 8, sorry, extension with the San Jose Sharks. You put the question, why? I believe they think their team's good enough, no? They're a joke. The San Jose Sharks are absolutely delusional. They are not winning jack shit the next eight years. And their team, it all it is is eight-year deals with guys that are either no longer performing or on the decline. Hurdle is a great player, but for San Jose to give him eight years and be like, wow, we're we're focused on winning within the next few years. With what, dude? You don't have a goalie. Mm-hmm. Your def- your def- your top three defensemen are like 35 years old on average. In injury prone and don't produce and your best like like yeah you have some good pieces hurdle team of meyer couture still pretty good but what else you got that's it the, i don't know what they're thinking in san jose they just they're they're just not afraid to give out eight-year extensions to guys in their late 20s it's just impossible for them um they could have got an absolute haul for Hurdle at the deadline. They're clearly not making the playoffs like Dallas, who's fighting for a playoff spot is. It just makes absolutely no sense. If you mm-hmm. wanted to re-sign them, maybe do it in the offseason. I don't know why teams are, are allergic to, to revisiting players in the offseason. If you're going to offer Hurdle the same type of money, maybe even a couple grand more or whatever, I'm sure he would return to San Jose. Yeah. If you wanted to sign him long-term anyways, you have to capitalize on assets, not, oh, we want to win. You're awful. 
Yeah. Well, I don't get it at all. Yeah, there's a there's a fine line between I wanting to win and actually winning. They sit at tenth last in the league. <clears throat> so I don't know what that winning is doing. Like we're not doing winning, so <laughs> do the other thing and lose and get top ten picks, right? Like I don't know, like makes zero sense because they have a lot of stupid contracts on the team and they're not in a winning mindset and they think they are, but that's just wrong. Um, yeah. uh, Chris Kreider and Leon Dreisel hit 40 goals on the same night. I believe that was Thursday night. So they're five away from Matthews now, which is, you know, a gap to say the least, but both guys have had a really good year as well. So shout out to both of them. We'll go into the hard hat award segment award to the best player in the NHL the past week of play, or since our last recording and in that case, since our last recording, I'll go with my player, Matt Duchesne. He's been on fire this year, and what a bounce back year for this guy. Was not protected in, in the thing in the expansion draft. Left out open with that $8 million contract. Has 10 points since our last recording, five goals, five assists. I believe is at 32 or 33 goals. So this guy could have 40 goals. Like, that is crazy. You I would have never guessed that. Like, oh, I, think, yeah. I, think, I think he had 24 points last year. Like, what a bounce back season man i know and that's why nashville has been so good this year they have two guys right now him and phil forsberg 30 goal seasons they probably didn't even expect they barely expected forsberg to get to 30 because he might have been even traded Mm -hmm. Um, and you know they're still trying to work on the philip forsberg extension they want to keep him understandably so nashville's a pretty solid team all around i would say that great goalie pretty solid defense identified the thing I like about Nashville is that they know what they are. They're, yeah. they're a hardworking team. They got some skilled guys. They got some, they got some young guys injected in there. You got Phil Tomasino, you got Tanner Janot, you know, scoring goals, getting points. Roman Yossi's having the unbelievable season. We barely mentioned him at all this year. What a, what a year to have a great year. I don't get it. Like he might not even finish top three in Norris voting. That's the thing. Get a hundred points. Um, he's ridiculous this year. Soros has been unreal all year. Like I like Nashville under underratedly. Like remember a few years ago, where, like David Poyle needs to get fired, blow up the team. You know they traded Ellis. That was ended up being a good move for them because Ellis has played five games this year, and he's very injury prone. Ellis and he's still locked in. So that, they getting rid of that cap was I think a good move on their part in the end. Their defense has been very stable. And yeah, so like Duchesne, like you said, unbelievable year. No one, no one, even wow. him was yeah. not expecting a season like this. So I'm going to go to my guy, and it's literally my guy, Cole Caulfield of the Montreal Canadiens. And ever since St. Louis got hired, so February 9th, I believe he leads all rookies and goals and points. But specifically in the last week, five games played, four goals, three assists, seven points, two power play goals, another OT winner versus the Flyers on Sunday. Um, he has three multi-point, three straight multi-point games. They play Ottawa tonight, probably might get another one with, um, I think it's Anton Forsberg getting the start. Um, no, I think it's the other guy. Gustafson. Gustafson, yes. Gustafson sucks. Anton Forsberg's good. Gustafson, I think, is getting the start tonight because they played last night. Um, so, Caulfield's been a revelation under St. Louis. So has Nick Suzuki, for that matter. Both of them, like, are over a point a game since St. Louis got hired. That's well over a month now. So, like, you can see the sample size is still a bit small. But, I mean, it's, like, almost 20 games, and they're over a point a game. 
So, which is awesome to see, because those are the two guys going forward. That's your first line, the center and winger. And just them getting that confidence and like going forward. Like I said, I still want them to lose games and they have been, but they've been scoring more goals, getting to overtime more, um, you know, winning games here and there. And like, they're still in last place, even though they've won more games and they have all season long, which is great. And the Caulfield and Suzuki are playing good. That's all I want to see the rest of the year. And I've been seeing it since St. Louis took over and like, Honestly, that dumbass Dom Ducharme robbed this guy of a Calder trophy because he's already got, I think he's got 30 points on the year 29, and he had like eight before St. Louis got there. <laughs> so he has 21 points like the last month. Um, even goals-wise, like Bunting has what, 20? Yeah. Caulfield has 11, and he had one before St. Louis. So like, like he legit robbed him of a Calder because it was over half the season that dumbass Ducharme was there. So I'll pick Caulfield for my hard hat award winner. That's a good hard hat award winner to give out. Uh, we'll go to the golden blender, flush the toilet. And uh, yeah, both teams deserve this, both Pacific Division teams. I'll go with mine first. We talked about them. But the hurdle contract, the San Jose Sharks. I'll give it to them basically because they gave that contract and the state the team is in. They lost three straight games. Players have come off uh, injury and are healthy now, and I'm coming back to lineup, but there's they're lo- they're losing games, so I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, does that mean they're not selling at the deadline, which they should be, because they signed a guy to an eight-year deal worth eight million dollars? I know they don't have to sell him, but they could sell a few other depth guys. Uh, but I guess that means they're not going to. So. I think that's the wrong move. I don't know who's in charge there right now because Doug Wilson's on leave of absence. So I don't know who's running the ship there right now. Don't like what I'm seeing from the Sharks. Uh, some games they show up, some games they don't. Some pieces are good, some pieces are bad. And they're just really tough to look at. I told, I said when they signed the contract, when we were talking about it, they have the 10th overall pick again this year. What the hell does that make you think they're a winning mindset? Not, not me. So I don't know. I don't know. I agree. Like they're they're just all over the place. Like they do have William Eklund, who they got last year, right? Yeah. So like that's already a start. That's where you want to keep going, is my point. And they're like, stopping. Uh, no, nah, we'll just sign guys eight years. Every every goddamn contract's eight years. Makes no sense. Um, so that's a solid pick there. Then obviously we talked about them as well. Vegas. This is more so like the injuries, like you could play a part, but like even like just defensively, even though Leonard's been hurt, like defensively, like they've been really bad. Mm-hmm. Like Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore have not had good years to their standards, and it's really hurt them because they 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 don't have a good goalie right now. Um, they have Lauren Brassois basically play most of the games the last month or so, and just like overall their expectations have been bad. But again, you could say injuries, but it's just like. They, they like there was a stretch, I think, last week. They lost to like Buffalo, yeah, Philly, like Seattle or Ottawa or something like that. Like they lost three straight to like those three teams or something. And it's like, what the hell, man? Even with the injuries, you have to beat like Philly at the very least. Yeah. I think it was like Philly, Buffalo, and one other team. And it was like awful. Like they lost in regulation. So they got no points, I think, for all those games, which is they're fighting for their playoff lives currently. Mm. I know, again, the injuries, yes, that's an excuse that you can use. But 
come on, not even getting points to those teams. That's just not good enough for, for Vegas. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention the games they lost and the scores. Uh, so the first one is 2-1 to Flyers, 3-1 yep. to Buffalo, 5-2 to Pittsburgh, 6-4 to Columbus, 7-3 to, to the Jets. Yeah, so that's awful. I mean, they're not really, like you said, they're not really defending. Buffalo. Yeah, they're not really defending at the rate they should be defending at. Um, that's an issue. <laughs> A big issue for their team going forward to the playoffs if they do make it. Um, the next one is what you say. I don't have what you say here. I don't, I don't know what I would do. Uh, I don't know. I don't the, have only one. One, the only one I would say is another Daryl Sutter one. I was going to say that the too. One, the Colorado one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll put that. Okay. That one was funny. Daryl Sutter, man. I mean, their team's going really hot. They're flaming, to say the least, a pun on pun there. But, Yeah. What you say, uh, Jason Rowe, thank you for that segment. We'll go into the Battle of the Buds. So last week I was one and two. You were also one and two. Uh, the Sabres friggin' chopped me in half. They won two straight games last week, even though I wanted to them to lose two straight games. What are you going to do? Um, our picks for this week, I'll go with mine. The Rangers at Hurricanes. I'm taking the Hurricanes in that one. Flyers at Red Wings. I'm taking the Red Wings in that one. And the Penguins at Sabres. So I'm going against the Sabres again. I'm going to take the Penguins in that one. That's some good picks there. Then for my picks, I got – I'll pick the Penguins again, but this time at Arizona. So that's tonight or at 5 o'clock today. I got the Penguins on the road. Then Predators at Ducks on March 21st. I have the Predators winning that game. And then the Sharks, the terrible Sharks at the Red Hot, literally Calgary Flames on March 22nd. I have the Flames winning at home. All right, uh, that brings our records from last week, 20 and 15 for me, 26 and 9 for you. I think that's the right amount. I don't know if I calculate that right, but I'll have to look at last week's episode, what we said. So uh, it's pretty, it's closer than it was at the start of the year, that's for sure. Yeah, I've been slipping recently. Uh, another thing we have, Joe Spice Meeple, do you have one for us today? Yes, and it's not that spicy, but I'm going to say trade deadline day will be a snooze fest. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, because a lot of guys that we thought were going to surprise us on deadline day with the return and if they were on the market. Yeah, I'm going to say that because there was a lot of rumors that Brandon Hagel wasn't even going to get traded. And then obviously to the Chicago Blackhawks surprise with some players, he did get traded and they were really mad about him getting traded uh, out of Chicago. And a lot of teams done their work ahead of what we expected them to do. Uh, that's the Colorado Avalanche and the Calgary Flames. They did their work before they probably should have done it on trade day, deadline day because they didn't want their prices to be jacked up for the players they wanted to get. So good on them. But other teams that haven't made a move yet are still in the mix for deadline day to get some depth guys. I don't see. Well, I don't think we'll be seeing a massive trade like we saw last year with like a Verana Mantha type thing. But we could. I uh, wouldn't be surprised, but I'll be shocked if that happens, though. Yeah, like, that's the only thing. Like, that could happen because last year at trade deadline, we also said it was going to be a snooze fest, I think. Did we? I said I said one of the worst trade deadlines in recent memory. <laughs> yes. This is before, obviously. And then that whole Mantha trade kind of broke. It, it is a big trade. It's not, like, massive, massive, massive. But, like, it was so unexpected, and it was, like, a pure hockey trade. Mm. So, which was really cool. So I would love to see another trade like that. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Um, we'll see for sure. Yeah. 
All right, I think that does it for end to end episode 15 of season long time, season four. End to end will be back next week. Join us after the trade deadline. Woo!